I don't know if you've ever really thought about Joseph much. Jesus is obviously centre stage, but his leading lady is Mary. And she's uh, quite dominant in the whole story. But Joseph obviously plays a major role. We don't see him much in the rest of the Gospels, but he's still uh, in the background. And uh, when you actually think about what he chose to do, I find it fascinating. I find it inspirational, really. Because he chose to put everything on the line for what God asked him to do. So he describes uh, Joseph in that reading as a good man. What does that actually mean? Some people say it's hard to find a good man. I know some women who say that. But what do they mean by that? What do the the writers mean by that? It means he was a a good man because he followed the law. The law, not just the law of the land, but the religious law. The Old Testament law. He was someone who wanted to to please God in how he lived his life. And so he was seen as as a good man, as a righteous man. But he was also a man who who took the law seriously, but also lived with an attitude of grace. Because when when Mary turns up and tells him she's pregnant, he knows he's not the dad. And his first thought must have been that she was unfaithful. And in Jesus' time... For any unfaithful woman, the law required or gave the option of her being stoned to death. The other option was that he would simply divorce her quietly, hope that no one noticed and it would all go away. See, in this time, unfaithfulness was a huge issue. So Joseph chooses not to go down the route of the law and have Mary stoned, but to simply try and save some face for both of them, save some kind of, something of their reputation, and simply divorce her quietly. He's a good man because in all the choices he had, he chose to try and live by grace. But he was a good man because he chose in following what the angel asked him to do, just by being with Mary, his own reputation was now in tatters. Because he chose to marry someone who in the eyes of the world had been unfaithful to him. And reputation mattered in Jesus' time. It was an honour system within the culture of that day. Honour was important. Reputation was important. It was the only thing that you really had to stand on. And he chose to lay that to one side in order to, first of all, be true to Mary, but then also to be true to God. We don't know anything else about him apart from he was one of the long, kind of far-off descendants of an ancient king. He was the son of David. That's all we know about him. We also know he's a carpenter. So he probably just lived an ordinary life. 
He wasn't particularly poor, carpenters then, it was a well-paid job, but he probably wasn't rich. He was just an ordinary guy, going about life with his own ideas, with his own dreams. He probably hadn't even met Mary that much because it would be an arranged marriage. And yet here they are in this difficult situation. And you can only imagine, can't you, what's going through his mind when Mary tells Joseph, look, there was no other guy. An angel appeared to me and said, right, you're going to have a baby. You can't imagine, can you, what was going through Joseph's mind. But the second thing we know about Joseph is that he is an obedient man. Obedient to God. He chooses to follow what God asks him through this angel. To marry Mary. To do something that others would scoff at, would laugh at. His reputation now just in tatters. And he chooses to go down the hardest route of all. He could have walked away at any point. He could have just said, yeah, thank you, God, but no thanks. But he chooses to be obedient to God. And obedience to God is never easy. When anyone chooses to be obedient to what God wants, they're never, ever choosing the easy way. And Joseph doesn't choose the easy way. What else do we know about him? We know that he was a protective father. Or perhaps stepfather is maybe the more appropriate way of describing him. Because when, when danger comes in the form of the, the local king seeking to kill Jesus because he's heard about this new king that's been born, the first thing he does is to, to take Jesus away from that space, from that community, to travel to a different country in order to protect this son who wasn't his son. He was a, a protective father, even though he knew Jesus wasn't his natural-born son. He chose to protect him like he was. He chose to care for him like he was. He brought Jesus up with his trade. He treated Jesus like he was his own. And it's fascinating, isn't it, that, that God chooses ordinary people to do his work. See, here is Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus wasn't simply a baby, a human being. He was God incarnate. God in human form. Fully human, fully God. But he chooses to use ordinary people like you and me to do his work. And that is the privilege of following Jesus. That we get to be used by God for his purposes. And what are his purposes? 
I've been uh, watching uh, my favourite Christmas film uh, before I came out, uh, which is uh, Christmas Carol, Scrooge. And um, the whole kind of uh, point of the story was Scrooge's transformation, being selfish and mean, to being kind of generous with what he had and caring for those who were closest to him, but also caring for the poor. And in lots of ways, that encapsulates some of the Christian message. That when we are serving God, we should also be serving those who are more needy than we are, both in this community and around the world. And all of us here are in the top 1% of the most wealthiest people in this planet. You might not feel like it tonight, especially if you've done a lot of Christmas shopping, but you are. But that's only part of it. If we are to serve God, if we are to be used by God, part of it is also about bringing peace to a world that is full of division and strife, bringing reconciliation, valuing all people, and helping people discover the incredible grace and love of God. Because when we remember God with us, we remember why he came. The most famous verse of all in scripture is the one that everyone knows. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is because God loves us that we remember Jesus. It's because God loves us that Jesus was born. It's because God loves us that we're here tonight. And those who know that truth are called to share that truth with others so that other people can know the incredible love of God in their lives. We don't know anything about how Joseph died. We don't know very much at all about his life after these events. But the one thing I can tell you is that he probably experienced the love of God in ways that we've never experienced. Because he knew what it was to have God with him. There in that little baby, in that boy who grew up at his side, learning all the trades, all the skills of carpentry, he knew that that was just not, was no ordinary boy. That this was God come into the world. And every time his little boy looked up to him and said, I love you, he knew it wasn't simply a little boy saying that, it was God himself. Let me encourage you this Christmas to think about your life and to think about how you might be used by God. And you might think you've got nothing to offer. You might think there's not much that you can give. But the one thing that the story of Christmas reminds us of is that Mary and Joseph who have been remembered now for 2,000 years, were simply ordinary people who had nothing to offer except themselves. And because of their obedience, 
we now know the incredible love of God in our lives. Should we pray for a moment? Heavenly Father, we thank you that Joseph is such an example to us. He's an example of faithful service to you. He's an example of obedience. Help us, Lord, we pray, to follow in his footsteps as we seek to serve Jesus, the King of all kings.